You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Um, I felt God give me this word, and um, it's a word that that I have lived, um, and that I continue to live, and that's why I know I have seen the result in my own life, and now I'm seeing it in so many others. So today we will experience liberation and freedom. I'm just going to tell you the end result as we start. Um, so we're in a series right now called uh, Culture. What is it? Culture Code. Come on, guys. Help a sister out. We're going to be interactive. It's okay. It's my third service. But I hear the Lord saves the best for last. And um, I really believe, and I'm going to be talking about a kingdom culture and an awakened culture that we can live and have peace on the inside, even if we are existing in a chaotic world. The Bible says this, he talks about trusting in the Lord with all of our hearts and being anxious for nothing. Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep in perfect peace all, somebody say all. All All who trust in you. All, can I hear all? All. Whose thoughts are fixed on you. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all. all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, be anxious for nothing. Say nothing. Nothing Nothing means nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which supersedes, surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus. I find that extraordinary. How do we live in a world where we can be anxious for nothing? where we could trust the Lord in all things. Because the Bible makes it clear that there's no exceptions, there's no caveats, and there's no addendum. It doesn't say you get to step aside if you've experienced pain. It doesn't say that because you suffered a loss, you don't get to trust. It doesn't say that if a business failed, that you can't believe for God again. It's saying all and nothing. So how? How do we live with this kind of peace when real life happens to us? We're going to discover that today. The title of my message is called All and Nothing. All and Nothing. A few years ago, a professor at a leading American university studied the things that people worry about. You ready? His research discovered 40% of what people worry about are things that will never happen. 30% are concerns of the past. 12% are needless worries about health. 10% are about petty issues, and 8% are legitimate concerns. That means that 92% of our worries and anxiousness is wasted energy. Now, 8% are legitimate, and I want to talk today. We'll cover the 92%, but I really want to speak into the 8% when real life happens to us. We can't, you know, we didn't control, we can't decide which family we're born into. We don't decide what time of year we're going to hit the planet. (laughs) Jesus does. But we can invite Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to work it out with us. I found that, you know, going through life, we've got real life problems, storms, stresses, all those kinds of things. And there is a way for us through it 
to be anxious for nothing and to trust God in all things. And I know a little bit about legitimate concerns, legitimate fears when real life happens. Um, A few years ago, I took a trip to New Zealand and I went with a couple of friends and we each decided an excursion. Which excursion did we want to go to? Because we were going to go to this area of New Zealand that's called Rotorua. And Rotorua is the number one um, adrenaline junkie capital of the world. It's where bungee jump was invented. So we're like, fun, what are we going to do? And so I chose whitewater rafting. We went grade four, whitewater rafting. Grade five is the most dangerous, okay? Grade four, pumped on life. We went down like four waterfalls, the point where like the, the whole raft gets sucked under the waterfall and you pop back up. Two people in front of me gone. I thought the rapture had happened. <laughs> I was alive and well, happy. Turns out they were too. They swam to the edge. It was fine. But anyways, so we had these awesome excursions. Then my other friend who's here this morning, beautiful Anna Macias, give a little wave. She chose the excursion um, of the Blackwater Caves. And these, this, um, it was the Glowworm Caves. And it's two of the wonders of the world. And this was one of the places that you could do it. And so we go and um, we get to the, the place where we're supposed to, you know, get our tubes and go to the water. And, and um, we get a tour guide. And much like the Holy Spirit, this particular tour guide doesn't tell you the whole story. <laughs> Just, just the beginning. And so we get there and they start giving us all this gear, like put on your wetsuit, put on the rubber boots. Here's some, um, you know, some gear that you're going to wear, ropes, all these gadgets. I'm like, what is happening? Like, we're getting in water. Where's my inner tube? And then they put us in a van and we start going up the mountain. And I'm like, um, pretty sure that water is below. Like, why are we going up? And so we go up the mountain, and then we realize that we're going to be lowered about five stories down. Can you show the first picture? Can we see the first, the first picture? Okay, that's us happy, because we have no idea what's about to happen. Super excited at this point. If you could show the next picture. So we were being dropped down in the water. And so they lower us down into the water and we get to the side and they give us our inner tubes. And then they say, we're going to go down the river and um, it's going to be pitch black. And um, if you hit against the stones in the caves, then you just need to push yourself off. And I'm looking down at the water. I'm like, oh, it is really dark. It's going to be black. Uh, Is there anything in this water? (laughs) Um, You know what? There's eels. (laughs) There's eels in the water. Now we're in Blackwater Caves. It's pitch black. We got eels in the water. I got to go down river. And then they're like, yeah, there's these small areas that you got to crawl through. You can show the next picture. <sighs> My beautiful friend, Anna. <laughs> she didn't know I was showing that picture. Just crawling through. So we get through. And then we finally get to the place. And all of a sudden, we hear this really big sound. And we're lying on the rock. And we see the glow worms. Can we show the next photo? So only two places in the world. This is one of them. Absolutely extraordinarily beautiful. Until. They tell us the story of the glowworms. And they're like, they're not actually glowworms. They're maggots. Millions and millions of maggots. And I'm like, there are eels in the water. 
it's falling on me. I'm like, do they eat my food? And he's like, you're going to be fine. And then they're like, so after this beautiful moment gone awry, they're like, okay, we're going to go back up where we came from. And I'm like, this thing is not circular. I mean, we're going back up. You know how long it took us to get down here? And the tour guy's like, don't worry, Stacy. The water, waist high. You're just going to walk through it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. You're six foot five. <laughs> Waist high for you. I gotta wade through the water up to my neck. I am so not happy at this point. Anna chose the excursion. And so then I'm like wading through the water. We finally get to the end. I am exhausted. I'm like, okay, lift me up. Oh no, do they lift you up? Now let's show the next picture. Okay, they say, this is where you're going to now scale the rock. And they said, you know, um, we've got two ropes. You're going to be attached to one. And then the other one is the rope of the tour guide. They're like, if you freak out and get scared, just make sure to pull your own rope. Otherwise, you will pull the rope of the tour guide and he will fall out and die. Oh, now I'm in charge of both my life and his life with my weak little hands. I'm so tired. They're like... Oh, don't use all of your arm strength. You know, use your legs because you won't make it to the top if you use all your arm strength at the beginning. I am telling you, I am crawling. The, 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 the water's dripping down. The water has filled up in our boots. And I have, I, like, I'm a decent communicator. I'm like, tried to talk my, like, talk us out of this. Like, just can you get somebody to pull me up? Like, I can't do this. Do you see this body? Curvy, yes. Athletic, no. <laughs> oh, like, this, did you ever just not want to do something? Like, I don't want to do this. Not like I don't think I can. Like, I don't think I can, and I don't want to. He says there's no other way out. So begins the climb. So I've got to climb the mountain. And then I'm like climbing and like literally holding on so tight because I think I'm going to die that my fingernails break. My fingers are bleeding. Like I'm like holding on for dear life. And then if you see, there's like these parts where it's like, you know, you got to kind of throw yourself back and then forward. Like this is not the mall. There's no places for your foot to catch. (laughs) I'm like, and I remember right at that point, that middle part. And I'm like, Jesus. If you have a destiny for me beyond today, send some angels. I cannot do this myself. No joke, I close my eyes. I literally go back, I throw myself forward and God's graciousness catches me and my foot hits and I I crawl to the top, people. I made my way out. Here to tell you the story. Thank you. I didn't choose that excursion because here's the truth. How many of us, we don't choose our pain excursion? I say all that to say we don't choose oftentimes the pains and the traumas and the realities of life that we face. They're not necessarily chosen by us. 
and yet we face them. So just like on that, what do we do when the hard knocks of life happen to us? How can we be anxious for nothing and live in the peace that God has called us to when real life happens to us? Let's work it out. Number one, peace is not external, it's internal. Peace is produced by the Holy Spirit. Peace is a person. It's the person of Jesus. Peace is not the absence of a storm. It's not external conflict. Peace is not a destination you go to. Peace is not a perfect person. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is not a clear doctor's report. Peace is not when there's no conflict. You know what peace is? The person of peace is that when you face all of those things, you acknowledge that you have the peace of God through it. We have the peace of God through the conflicted relationship. We have the peace of God when the negative reports comes to work through it. Here's the, the thing about peace. You can't manufacture it. can't fake it. Why can't you fake it? Because peace is a person. Peace is the person of the Holy Spirit. Peace is Jesus. You can't fake that. And the thing about this peace is you actually know when you have the peace of God. Because when you go through hard times, instead of feeling all the things and working through all the things that the, the world tells us, all of a sudden there's supernaturally, it doesn't make sense, there's a peace. Why is that? Because it's one of the, one of the fruits of the Spirit. What Spirit? Jesus. Yeah. Bible says that there's joy, peace, love, all these fruits, right? Produced from the Holy Spirit. So peace comes from the person of Jesus. It's internal, not external. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 3.16, Now may the Lord of peace himself, a person, give you peace at all times and in every way. In the middle of our storm, we can have peace. Number two, peace is a promise. Peace is a promise. When we find ourselves like Job in the Bible, Job 325 through 26 says, what I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. When 8%, when the legitimate things happen in our life, do you know that Job didn't know the end of his story? Job didn't know when he lost his wife, when he lost his children, when he lost his business, when he lost his land, when he lost everything. And yet, he didn't waver. Why? Because he knew the Prince of Peace. He knew Jesus. When we go through what legitimately has happened to us, anybody been through 2020? And yet the peace of God is promised to us. Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. The word keep means to guard, to protect, to maintain. It's a military term meaning to protect a camp or a castle. The enemy is not able to get in when God's promise of peace protects us. And just like Job, he didn't know the end of the story. And guess what? We don't know the end of our story. We're in the conflict. We're in the storm. We're in the middle. God still has the rest of the story to write. There can be the most beautiful outcome when we keep peace as a promise. The phrase perfect peace. So in the Hebrew, perfect peace, there was no word for perfect. Originally, that word in the Hebrew is called shalom. Shalom. 
And so both words were shalom, both perfect and peace. So the Bible says you will keep in shalom, shalom. When God repeats himself, I think we better pay attention. It's like, I'm going to say this twice. You can have shalom, shalom. Why? Because he understands anxiousness and fears. He was a man too. He gets it. Perfect peace. Do you know what shalom means in the Hebrew? It means wholeness, wellness, well-being, safe, happy, friendly, favor, completeness, to make peace, peace offering, security, to prosper, to be victorious, to be content, tranquil, quiet, and restful. That's shalom. When the Bible says we can have perfect peace, shalom, it's saying we can have full restoration through Christ Jesus. We have access to all of those things through the Prince of Peace. So how do we keep God's promise of peace? Point number three, mindset. We set our mind on God and not on our problem. Isaiah 26.3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. So we begin to focus our mind, our hearts, our thoughts, our attention on the Prince of Peace himself instead of the conflict and the problem that we're going through. Now, we don't pretend it's not there. It's real. We don't have little fairy dust that makes us have a forgettery. That this ha- it happened or it's happening. However, we can have peace. We can focus our mind on the prince of peace. And I began to ask God, God, why is it? Why is it sometimes we can't, we feel like we can't trust you? We feel like if we were honest with ourselves, to trust means to fully lean on. How do we fully lean on Jesus? Why can't we do that? And I began began to hear from God and I really felt that it was because a lot of times where we grow up in broken families, single parent homes or parents that just tried their best, but if we were honest, it was pretty rough. And so if you didn't grow up with a level of security, you grew up with a level of vulnerability. If parents who are supposed to be the representation of God, that first picture to us, Instead, we experience brokenness and pain and fear through our grandparents or parents. Then how, if we can't even trust our human family, how do we trust Jesus, a God who we do not see? How do we trust a God that has allowed, like Job, the worst to come upon us? Because he knew that there was victory and that he still wanted you to walk the planet through the adversity that you can overcome through the Prince of Peace. And so I began to ask God about that and I felt like God, you know, and I also felt like in my own life, I've gone through tons of ups and downs. I've had real life happen to me and real pain happen to me. And yet for some reason, I didn't go to the addiction. I didn't go to the vice. And I understand what it's like to feel extreme pain. And everything in you, even your body, will cry out to make it stop. Real pain I'm talking about. Sometimes we look at like, oh, my foot's broken. And it's kind of obvious and we need it to heal. But a broken heart, the hurt, the pain, abuse that's happened, how do, we, how do we get through it? How do we reconcile? We do it by inviting God in. 
And I felt God say to me, I'm like, why didn't I go those directions? And I felt like, you know, it's like you hear these testimonies. We're in the 830 service and I as the gardener was sharing, you know, how his life was just riddled with drug and the drug world. And then he encountered Jesus and he's, you know, fully saved and it's awesome. He's going to be at a merge like everyone else, all the guys. Anyways, so amazing. But I'm like, you know, I never had that testimony. I grew up in a pretty decent, solid home. Christians. And I felt God say to me, because Stacy, sometimes we need to show a broken world what a picture of health looks like. Because you only know what you know. And so I'm not saying that my life is perfect or my family's perfect or any of those things. But I had the amazing opportunity to grow up in a Christian home with two parents who loved me and were proud of me. And I remember this one time where I was um, in college and uh, my family, I'm originally from New York, and then my family are missionaries in Ecuador. And I was paying my way through college and I was working at Chili's Bar and Grill as every good sales rep starts with. And... um, I'm waiting tables there. And uh, my parents came from Ecuador and they ate at my restaurant. And um, I just noticed as kind of they were there that the manager, my manager and different employees were kind of going over and chit-chatting with my parents. And at the very end, um, I went after my shift and sat down with my family. And I'll never forget my dad just looking me in the eyes. And he said, Stacy, I'm so proud of who you are. Not of just the things that you've done. I know you're paying your way through college. I know all these things are happening. He said, but while I was here, the manager came, the employees came, and they all began to share with me all the things that they love about you, that you're kind and that you're nice and that when you come into the restaurant, it just brightens up and they love having you here. And he said, I want you to know if there's nothing you ever do to have success in the eyes of the world, I want to tell you right now, I'm proud of who you are. I felt like God wanted me to tell you because maybe you didn't have a mom and dad that ever sat you down and told you that they were proud of you. I want you to know today that Jesus himself, the designer, the creator, the one that designed you up, that he's looking into your eyes right now and into your heart. And he's saying, if you didn't do anything... I love who you are. You were created in my likeness and in my image. You're perfect in my eyes. And I already can feel some of you going, no, but I did, and the shame, and this, and that. Jesus himself, the Prince of Peace. You know that when you ask for forgiveness, he remembers your sins no more. Why do we? We gotta let it go. Jesus himself looking at you. I'm proud of you. I love who you are. God is a good father. And if we can make the bridge, if we can trust God again, or maybe for the very first time, I'm telling you, we can live in liberation and freedom. And I'm not saying that everything that happened to you was okay. But what I am saying is that when you invite the Prince of Peace himself, the biggest miracle of all time, the healing of a human heart, can happen. And I don't know about you, but one word from Jesus himself. I love people and I love the words, but one word from Jesus himself will change a whole life. And we can live out the most victorious, wonderful life that he has for us. 
Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard, will protect your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. This peace transcends all understanding when nothing makes sense. And yet the peace of God comes. Point number four, my last point. Turn every anxious thought into a prayer. I'm telling you, if there's not one thing you learn, learn this. This saved my life. I live this. Turn every anxious thought into a prayer. The Bible says that actually peace is a skill that we can practice. We can practice perfect peace. It says in Philippians 4, 9 in the Amplified. The things which you have learned and received, so you learn and you receive of the Holy Spirit, the Prince of Peace himself, received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in daily life. And the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. Practice peace until it comes. So that means this, that when we have an anxious thought, that when a real fear comes to us, we have to be able to isolate the thought because we cannot control all the thoughts and all the things that happen to us, but we can control what we do with them. And this is what we do with them. When we have a thought that is not the thought of God, if it is not uplifting, even when God is correcting us, it's like, thank you, Lord. He speaks to us in a way that we get. So if we have another voice that makes us feel shame, that makes us feel less than, that brings insecurity and, and begins to question who God is, that is the voice of the devil. It's the voice of darkness. And the Bible said that even anxious, even fear is a spirit. And so with a spirit, we can tell it to leave. So what we do is we isolate the thought. And when we have a thought that is not from God, we say, no. I rebuke you, devil. You leave ill thought in the name of Jesus. And I invite, I'll keep all the good thoughts. We can be selfish in that. Good thought, thank you. Good thought, thank you. I receive. I am telling you. And then when we feel rattled and life is happening and we have maybe a thought and it's real life pain, all I've learned to do is to invite God in it. God, I feel pain. God, that hurt me. I invite you into my pain and hurt. Help me. You don't have to study language to say something super spiritual. Talk to God. He designed and created you. He gets you. Say it all. Do you know that God's good for it? We can say it all to God and ask him in and he'll begin to heal those places in our heart and walk us through the conflict and walk us through the pain and give us the victory that we know is in him. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares on him. All your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares about you with the deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. If you can't sleep at night, if you're tormented because you've got multiple thoughts happening, if your mind is racing, you don't have to live like that. You do not have to live like that. You do not need to have peace stolen from you. Why? Because the Bible says that Jesus neither sleeps nor slumbers. Why? So that we can. So we can see peacefully even when we're going through the divorce. Even when we're going through the trauma and the pain, 
Why? How can we do that? Because we release those thoughts to the God who can do something about it. And we receive the Prince of Peace. I don't know about you, sometimes I've woken up with even strategy on how to handle a situation. Why? Because Jesus neither sleeps nor slumbers. He's working it out. The word anxious means that which divides, distracts the mind, and which draws a troubled person in different directions. If you are divided in your mind, if there is double-mindedness, if there's multiple thoughts happening, you ever feel like, I feel like I'm going crazy. I'm going crazy. Yeah, we are. Because we're not meant to have all those thoughts happening. We're not meant to have contrary voices in our head. We're meant to have peace that surpasses all understanding. When you boot out the spirit of fear, you get the spirit of his power, love, and a sound mind. When we have chaos and other voices and, and, and we're all of a sudden we question ourselves, I can't make a decision, I don't know how to act or be. Why? Because we're not standing with the Prince of Peace. Standing in anxiety, fear. We're not meant to stand that way. The Bible gives us this. This is one of the greatest revelations I had about this particular topic. And I know this is from Jesus himself because I'm not a researcher. I go to Eastlake campus, I've got Dr. Mike there. He's awesome at this kind of stuff. I'm not. But I felt God lead me to this. You know how we talked about the word shalom? And it means to fully restore. And I mentioned all of those things. Before the words that were in Hebrew and Greek, shalom, shalom, there were pictures. And it was pictographic symbols. And if you could put that last slide up for me. The word for shalom is shin, lamb, vev, and mem. There were four pictures. And what it means is to destroy the authority that binds to the mind. You want to talk about chaos in the mind? The Bible literally says in Shalom that we can have all power to break off all the authority of the devil that would attempt to bind us to chaos in the mind. What's it saying? It's saying that devil's playground? No more. It's saying we have the authority through Christ. I don't muster up the authority of peace. I simply receive the Prince of Peace, and with all authority that he has given me on heaven and on earth, I tell the darkness, the demon, every type of ill-creeping, crawling thing that's lying to me to leave in the name of Jesus. You can't bind to this mind what the Spirit of the living God says, that you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, that his promises for you are yes and amen. God when he says he's going to give us perfect peace shalom shalom he means it God is so good and I realized why this is so important because the average person has about 12,000 separate thoughts each day that works to about over 4 million thoughts a year when God says we need to take captive every thought to not be anxious for anything and to trust him in all things we got to practice peace 
we got to practice peace, peace of the soul, of the mind, and of the spirit. That's how good God is, that he gave us a way out of the conflict and the pain. Could everybody just stand up right now? Fear is a spirit, but God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. Do not worry anymore. Pray. Don't worry anymore. Pray. You know, it's just one separate decision. You're in worry, you pray. One gives you anxiety, you can't sleep. Your life, the other one, perfect peace. Living in the presence of God. And when onlookers and people that aren't saved yet and people outside the church look at you and go, how, how are you okay going through that? How are you okay? Because I got the Prince of Peace. I got the Prince of Peace. I'm going to be just fine. Miracles are for today. They'll want what you have. I want you to close your eyes and just lift your hands to heaven. King David said in Psalms 55, 22, so here's what I've learned through it all. Leave all your cares and anxieties at the feet of the Lord and measureless grace will strengthen you. Goes on to say, my life's hope and trust is in you and you'll never fail to rescue me. The great rescuer is here this morning. The great rescuer is here. The very Prince of Peace is here this morning. And I'm gonna invite you to receive of the Prince of Peace. I'm gonna invite you to step over and trust in the Lord your God as he begins to heal your history, your pain, your past. And then we're going to break off the lies of the enemy that's tried to come in and steal what is rightfully yours, your peace and your joy. So what we're going to do is I'm just going to ask you to come forward. If you found yourself in any one of those, I want you just to make your way forward. Come to the front. Come to where I'm standing. And we're going to pray together. We are going to pray for those of you that maybe have never asked the Prince of Peace to come into your life. We're going to ask and we're going to pray together for you to receive him the person of Jesus. For those of you that would say, you know what, it's been a long time, Stacy, since I felt that kind of peace. Yeah, just start to come forward. Just start to come forward on all of these. I've got a bunch. Don't worry. There's going to be tons of people on the altar. Just begin to come forward. I need to receive of the Prince of Peace. I haven't felt that peace in a really long time. I felt God say there's a lot of people here. And if you were honest with yourself, there's relational brokenness in your family. Or there was as you were growing up and it was hard to trust in God again. I want you to come forward. He is going to, you're going to encounter Jesus himself. Just start coming out of your seats and just start coming forward. I am telling you, you're about to encounter the very spirit of the living God. I can't muster it up and I can't make it happen and it's a miracle who Jesus is. And he will meet you in this place. He will meet you on this altar. He will meet you right here up front. And for those of you that can't sleep at night, that there has been chaos in your head, that you have heard different voices, that you have experienced traumas and anxieties and real life pain and you didn't know where to turn and so you turn to addictions or you turn to alcohol or you turn to anything. But instead today, you're going to receive peace like you've never experienced before. If you 
would say, I was one of those people. I got hurt, but I want to receive the peace of the living God. Just begin to come forward. God's here. I already feel His presence. I feel His anointing. God is present to heal. You know what's the most incredible to me? Miracle of all time is the human heart. Man, there's just nothing like it when you think, all I should be feeling is pain, and yet Prince of Peace surpasses all understanding. We're going to do this. We're going to all pray together, and whether you're in your seat or you're up here up front, we're all going to pray, and we're going to receive Jesus, the Prince of Peace, afresh and anew. And then we're going to continue to pray, and we're going to meet Jesus himself, and we're going to allow liberation and freedom to come to our hearts and to our minds. God, oh God, Lord, we thank you for who you are. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Everyone just repeat after me, Jesus. Come on, let me hear you. Jesus, I receive everything that you died for. I receive God, my Father, Jesus, his Son, and the Holy Spirit. I receive the Prince of Peace. I receive of you this morning. And I thank you that freedom comes to me today. I thank you for every good gift from heaven above. I receive right now in the name of Jesus, my Prince of Peace. Okay, now what I want you to do is just lift your hands to the heavens as we've received this Jesus, as we've received Prince of Peace. Right now, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to begin to picture Jesus, your Savior. He continues to save us. The moment that we receive in salvation is the beginning of our saving journey. He will save us over and over and over again. And I want you just to begin to picture Jesus, your Savior. What does he look like? Look into his eyes. Don't worry about the people around you. Look into the eyes of Jesus. He was there through it all. We don't know why things have happened, and yet he provided his son Jesus to die on a cross and to save us from all of the horrible things that have happened in this world. Begin to picture Jesus, your Savior, and then I want you to look at that trauma or that hurt or that pain or that person that did you the harm and I want you to place all of those anxieties all of those fears all of those hurts I want you to place them at the feet of Jesus no longer will we bow to the feet of fear and anxiousness we will only bow to the feet of Jesus and I want you to release them there release them to the God who can do something about it God, oh God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for every person. Lord, I thank you right now, Lord, that you are our healing peace, oh God. And Lord, I pray, Jesus, right now that your presence, God, would begin to flow in this place as you're visiting to every heart right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we command grief to go. In the name of Jesus, we declare every spirit of darkness to leave. In the name of Jesus, I speak to you, you devils of fear and anxiousness. In the name of Jesus, I speak to you, you devils, and I say leave. 
Jesus, we take authority that Jesus has given us. And we thank you right now, every ill word and curse, the things that people have said or that the devil has said. And right now we rebuke you. We reverse the curse in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.